1: Today on The Revolution, outdoor adventure stories will take center stage. So listen along as Jim and Trav, Bone Collectors Michael Waddell, Mark Zona with Zona's Awesome Fishing Show, and Cat Daddy go in-depth to relive and tell the tale of their greatest outdoor moments and blunders. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Jim and Trav. We uh,
2: talked about running the other way when you see a bear coming. That's not always the best advice. With grizzlies, uh, if you're attacked by a wild animal, they suggest to roll up into a ball and protect your head. It's that sort of plain dead sort of thing. But other types of bears, like black bears, not mm-hmm. necessarily, you can try to scare them away if you're in trouble, but boy, you, people panic easily.
3: When yeah, you see their a bear behavior
0: coming. is less predictable. Yeah. They say, too, if you have a backpack, lots of hikers have backpacks to try to, you know, use the backpack there yeah. to aim it that way. Anything but to survive. Right? That's right, that's
2: yeah. what it is. So it was last fall. Uh, we were fur trapping in Missouri. You remember that trip I went on, yeah, and um, there's a party of six of us, and uh, one of one of our buddies, uh, by the way, Mrs. Bunny's here. Uh, one of our buddies was attacked by a bear, like ser- seriously mauled. It was terrible, and a um, couple people in the party actually went for help. Within about four hours, he passed away, and so we left. You know, just thinking that we're gonna make our way out. We didn't want to have any more problems. Well, he actually didn't die. He came to and uh, he crawled his way down to the Missouri River, made a makeshift raft and uh, floated to Fort Knox. Along the way, um, he stopped was stopped by some uh, native Indians who actually patched his festering wounds with bear hides. Uh, but, you know, we were actually reunited uh, Just a couple weeks later From when that uh, accident actually happened That was a Hugh Glass <laughs> story, Trav Did you believe it? That I, Your your composure was impeccable I tried so hard <laughs> It really was That is the Hugh Glass story That really did happen Not exactly uh, About 1836, with <laughs> Something like that Alright, so we are talking about outdoor adventure stories On today's show Gonna be pretty exciting We're gonna be joined by our Mark Zona With Zona's Awesome Fishing Show Check it out every Friday uh, night 8pm Eastern time Also. Michael Waddell uh, Michael Waddell's Bone Collector You'll be seeing on uh, Outdoor Channel as well That is 10.30pm uh, Easter time On Sunday nights Outdoor Adventure Stories I think Michael's Gonna stick around For what a Two, three parter, Maybe Yeah if he's got time We're gonna have him Stick around Cause he's a storyteller Yeah the story of my life, I take you home. That's me and Whitetail Deer. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Little uh who,
2: who is that? Uh? Uh, One Direction. One Direction! That's who that's <laughs> yeah, your,
4: your boy crush on Harry Styles.
2: Hey, man's handsome. Alright, so Jimmy, uh, Jim, you're gonna kick this off, and this outdoor adventure story is brought to you by Nissan.
4: Nissan,
1: innovation that excites.
2: Alright, so Jimmy, you're gonna you're gonna kick this off. These whole outdoor adventure stories uh be enjoyed by Mrs. Bonnie.
4: How's it going?
2: Yeah, good. The Pragers, McGregors,
3: oh Mrs. Bunny. Oh my
4: gosh, yeah.
2: Um, Got a story for us. Yeah, well,
3: you know, uh, I don't have too many interesting stories unless you want to include bear hunting, okay? And uh, I was actually up in... Uh, I actually agree uh, uh, with that statement. <laughs> 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 I was actually up in uh, Port Hyden, Alaska, Okay. and and uh, flew in to do a brown bear hunt, a spring brown bear hunt, uh, not too long ago. And uh, as we landed in camp, as you know, in, in Alaska, you cannot fly and hunt in the same day, and and so as we landed, I was talking with a pilot and he says, now one thing I want you to know, uh, in this country, the bear like to, uh, f- when they find a, uh, a dome tent, they lay on it and bite the first thing that comes up, which is usually your head. So he says, if the tent collapses, <laughs> don't sit yeah. up. Don't want to put your head up. Yeah, no. you're going to find yourself drug off and be lunch somewhere. So anyhow, uh, we uh, we just went up and, and kind of glassed, didn't see anything but a couple of old... St- uh, caribou and uh, next morning we get up about three thirty, and the idea was we were going to go behind the uh the camp mm-hmm. about four miles to a high point and it was a spot and stalk hunt for brown bear mm-hmm. and so as we're about uh, probably three and a half miles back into the uh, the bush from the camp um there was a runoff stream and it was about uh, oh probably 30 40 feet wide and as i'm watching my guide go across his boots are filling up with water because he had knee-high ankle tights mm-hmm. and uh he had wet feet at 630 in the morning. And so I thought, well, geez, I'm not going to do that. No. And so I sat down, took my boots off, my socks, and I'm carrying and I'm halfway across this ice cold stream when the guy turns around and he says, stop. And I said, why? Mm-hmm. He says, there's a bear behind you. Oh. Now, that is the oldest trick in the book, you know. And so uh he said, no, really, there's a bear behind you. So as I slowly turned around, uh, I saw this bear on the ridge that we had just come off from to get down to this little Creek. And, uh, it was about 160 yards away. And so as I got turned around, the guide was already across the river coming back at Mm -hmm. me. And so I sat down to put my shoes and socks and boots and whatever, you know, and, uh, he said, "We ain't got time for that. You gotta come." And so I am running across this gravel bar Dr. barefoot, Pepper and a Diablo sandwich. <laughs> <Yes>, I <sir. laughs> ain't got time for that crap. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so I am running across this gravel bar and I am stubbing my toe on every rock
2: there. Now you wish you wouldn't change your, your or taking your shoes off. Yeah, I could. This guy was with smart. That. And another thing, what's that? Why question when you are in bear country? When a man says there is a bear behind you, don't question it. <laughs> I never kind of will I again. Th- think about that one. <laughs> but we
3: hadn't seen anything up to that point. <laughs> okay. You know Why okay. would I believe that there's a bear behind me? So anyhow, uh, I was shooting a 338 Winchester. Mm-hmm. and um, Kind of light, I thought. <laughs> and yeah, so I lined up the shot, and he was walking through these alders. And if uh-huh. you know, you've known anything about alders, they're just really thick. And so I looked ahead of him, and I saw a hole, and uh, I actually got a bullet into him. Flip the guide him or the bear? Both. <laughs> it was a ricochet shot. Okay, so How far of a shot? Uh, what about 160 yards? Oh, wow. Because he was walking as we were running at him, so we really weren't cutting off any distance. But I got as close as I thought I could and uh, touched it off, and he flipped on his back, rolled down the hill, and uh, we thought that we had a bear in the ground, which I we five, did. five.
2: Let's drink a little champagne.
3: That's it. That's Toast it.
2: it. Well, as I looked at uh, down to
3: where he had went out of sight, here he comes running right at us. I that holy cow. So I racked a, another uh, round in the gun, and uh, as I touched it off, he stopped, so it kicked tundra up in his face, mm-hmm. and uh, that turned him, and so he went behind this line of spruce trees. Now, I'm still barefoot at the time. He's regrouping and plotting. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's trying to find out. And actually, I don't think that he was really running at us to run at us at that point in time because he didn't know what stung him. He just knew that he got hit with something. Yeah. So anyhow, as uh, I'm running through this line of spruce trees, as I saw him, he saw me and he turned and he started coming right at me. And I knew that uh, my butt was grass and he was the lawnmower. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, I racked the last round in my gun and I lined up the shot and I broke his neck oh wow
2: yeah how far was he uh, when he dropped 20 yards oh 60 feet that is too yeah. close I
3: carry a 45 Winchester magnum a Grizzly as a as a backup piece but I couldn't even have cleared leather by the time that uh, he would have been on top of me if I would not have gotten a shot into his neck to actually paralyze him uh,
2: imagine if you wouldn't have made that shot I couldn't have said well at least he went out with his boots on." <laughs> couldn't have said that one <laughs> <laughs> the, the barefoot and pregnant more applied <laughs> uh, you know well, I, it, you know I- out of all of the close encounters and everything, I'm just in awe that you ran through um, thick brush with no shoes. Yeah, because I don't you don't like, run. I don't, <laughs> well, I don't like to cross my driveway. It no. hurts. Yeah. I, it gives
4: me a whole new appreciation for quality footwear.
2: Yeah, it does. Why didn't you take like waiters? Well, they, I mean, would, they there, would have been really hot then, you know, well, up in that country, you know, cross the stream, you take them well, off, we you did, leave them, we did, you gotta no, come he, back. It
3: was the spring of the year. And so we didn't know, maybe he did, but he never told
2: me about uh, the stream we had to cross. Crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Good it. story. All right. So we're talking about outdoor adventure stories on today's show. Again, going to be joined by a Mark Zona with Zona's awesome fishing show every Friday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time on outdoor channel. Plus Michael Waddell with Michael Waddell's bone collector. Check him out every Sunday night. That is 10 30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, He's going to be telling us a couple of stories. You're going to be pretty good. All right. So we want to say a special thank you to Outdoor Channel, OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. Also Nissan, NissanUSA.com, Ruger, Ruger.com, High Mountain Seasonings, H-I-M-T-N, Jerky.com, plus Cabela's, the world's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. Mrs. Buddy. It's been a blast. You, had, you said like crap. You said nothing. I'm wearing moccasins today. You are, and pajama <laughs> pants. I am. I like it though. The
3: perks of being pregnant.
2: Yeah, you yeah. can do a lot of stuff. Yeah. When Jim, what you normally do, dress like that.
4: <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I have pajama
2: pants on now. <laughs> All right, so we gotta get to a break. We're gonna be returning with Mr. Michael Waddell. Don't go anywhere. Here's a quick word from Mark. Uh, we will return with Outdoor Adventure Stories in just a minute.
1: Outdoor channel on setting records. The largest grizzly bear ever taken by a hunter has been entered into the Boone and Crockett record book. The big bruin, taken in 2013 near Fairbanks, Alaska, by Larry Fitzgerald, scores 27 and 6/16. It missed the world's record mark by only 7/16 of an inch, but landed a spot as the second largest grizzly ever recorded. And the reigning world's record is a skull found in Alaska in 1976. Well- Stay tuned for more great outdoor adventures and check us out on the World Wide Web at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com.
5: The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need ass and then move well, on I just, and get I just ready think that the go. coach made a mistake. crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth.
6: Voice
2: America Sports. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise
5: you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Nissan Frontier is loaded with features perfect for any outdoorsman, like tons of power from a 261-horsepower V6 engine, plus a new feature we're trying out, the game call horn. There's elk, turkey, and mule deer.
1: We're still working on that one. But the Frontier does have the first-in-class utility-track cargo-carrying system to strap down your big game.
0: Though cool, the Game Call Horn is not a real feature of the Frontier.
1: Nissan.
5: Innovation that excites.
0: Available features. 2014 Ward Segmentation. Small pickup class. Properly secure all cargo.
4: We are starting out our season with a bag.
5: For Lee and Tiffany, it was love at first shot.
0: I'm sitting here admiring Lee's big bull.
4: Wait all year for this hunt.
0: Big bull.
5: Now they're a match made in outdoor heaven.
0: I've been practicing my uncle Oh,
7: no. (laughs) We're about ready to put a big buck in the truck.
0: Besides the big buck, what else do you need?
5: Crush with Lee and Tiffany. Sunday nights at 7.30 Eastern on Outdoor Channel.
1: The hunting is going to be good.
0: The
5: Ruger LC9. Compact.
2: Another innovative
5: American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash lc9.
0: You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Everybody's looking for it, and we've got it. Here are the boys. Are you ready for a new story? Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh, we're almost like story time I'm next hungry, i love
2: story time. Oh <laughs> Yeah, me too.
0: Me, me too. too. I hope it's well, that was a robot <laughs> story.
2: I <laughs> hope <laughs> it's a hunting story. All right, let's get back to our outdoor adventure stories that we are talking about on today's show. Uh, before the break, though, we were joined by the lovely Mrs. Bunny, and Jimbo was telling us about what? A great brown bear hunt in Alaska. Yeah, it's a pretty cool story. Uh, so you Kinda know, of spooky, uh, Yeah, we're having some uh, cool people on talking about outdoor adventure stories, just now being joined by Michael Waddell. And, you know, I really think you don't represent us short people very well on television. It's very deceiving because on television, his show is called Big People, Small World. You look like the, you know, the average superstar hunter. That everybody looks on
7: television, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you are freaking tall, dude. How tall are you? I'm actually about 6'2", maybe 6'2". just over it. But uh, that is the number one thing I have people tell me when I, when I meet them <laughs> out of you know promotions and appearances. Man, we it, everybody's like, dude, you're tall. I'm like, man, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> when people see you, you're
2: like you're out there turkey hunting. You're doing these ninja moves, backflips. <laughs> it looks like the Matrix. Uh, everybody okay. thinks you're like Jackie Chan or something. I
7: hear you, man. Yeah, sometimes it'd be nicer to have a. Uh, have a smaller guy. I've seen my kids are coming <laughs> up. My boys are smaller so I can use them to the slide up there and put the decoys out. <laughs> they're,
3: like, they're like your body double. They just don't have the facial hair yet. Well, you know, I first met uh, Michael down in uh, uh, Orlando at the uh, SHOT Show and he um, when I met him, I was looking straight at his belt buckle.
2: Yeah, I'm like right at nipple height is where I'm at.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Anyways, we got to mention. Uh, uh, make sure you check out Michael Waddell's Bone Collector every Sunday night, 10:30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. Also, it's not currently airing. Uh, Real Tree Road Trips with Michael Waddell. Now we are talking about outdoor adventure stories. Uh, and you know, Michael, we've watched you for years on Outdoor Channel, and everybody feels like they know you. We have this we know the, you the, this uh, friendship that we have built with you. Uh, but you know, we we kind. I know your story but what are some of your favorites like intimate moments that you've had in the outdoors with people um experiences what stands out the most to you buddy that aren't x-rated yeah <laughs> i guess intimate wasn't the right <laughs> word know, to
7: use but it's funny talking about because to be honest when i started my career i felt like there was a selfishness to it i mm-hmm. thought about man me 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 i'm getting a chance to go on this hunt man i'm going to helo Forest. i'm <laughs> <laughs> going to hunt elk man i'm, yeah. I'm getting a chance to go on caribou with ralph and vicky y'all oh, man I'm going to get a chance to hang out with Jim Shockey in Bear Camp. I bet I can kill a big bear. And so I had all these thoughts, and I had a chance yeah. to do all that stuff. And then soon into it, it just brought me back to what got me started, and I got to thinking about it. It was my dad. It was my dad, or daddy, that I call him, that, that is the one when I was a kid. He always got me up. He always took me hunting. He was the one that always brought me home a pair of, man, y'all, all remember? I remember getting a pair of Texas steer hunting boots from k <laughs> And son. Had insulated on the side, and I thought I could go to Antarctica. And I was just so excited. And so, always, I remember him giving me that first Remington 742 Woodmaster deer gun, 30 all 6. And man, I, I just felt like a man. And, and, and it was such a cool feeling to get up and go with my dad. And so, obviously, he was a contractor. He made ends meet. We, we had a chance to, uh, we never was without, but at the same time, there wasn't a surplus of money. It wasn't like we just loaded up and went to Texas and bought a deer hunter headed out west. But at the same time, my mom had passed away when I was 16. And so after that, Dad and I really threw ourselves into the woods. We really Mm -hmm. hunted. I mean, mean, it was kind of lonely, you know, and and we we just hunted, hunted, hunted. I had a sister, a younger sister, and so we we were trying to do our best to raise her, and we basically were just hunting all the time. I remember taking her when she was literally three and four years old and just put a camouflage t shirt on it and just set it down like a stump and hide her so we could go turkeying. it, you know, and, and so we, we had so many cool adventures and, and then my career got going at real tree. And so I even remember when I was, you know, back home, dad talking about, Man, we built a little shop and uh and he said, One day boys, we're we gonna put us a nail on that above mm. that tv right there we're gonna put us a big old elk right there and yeah and i said one day we're gonna do that dad well i didn't know i was gonna get a chance to do some of the stuff i did so after bone collector the first year bone collector got started I, I basically didn't tell dad and i just went and booked and made plans for a great elk hunt one of the better ones that i could think of i'd seen the primos guys hunt there i basically called the guys at sea la vista out in colorado mm-hmm. and um put together an elk hunt for my dad. and Oh, wow. And so, anyway, him and I had a chance to go out there together, and, and we hunted hard for about six days. And on the, on the fourth day of the hunt, I think it was, dad had a chance to shoot about a 320, 25-inch wow. bull Dang. with his bow and arrow. And let me tell you something. I, there was tears. I was, I, I can't even explain it because I, I I didn't anticipate it, it that being emotional. But uh-huh. all of a sudden, it was like, there's no way I could repay him for mm-hmm. all of the things that he had done for me. So that was one small you know, dollar bill, I guess you could say, to the bank to, to repay him for all the things he had done for me. And to see how happy he was, it it was a, it was it's was hard to even explain because he was proud because he knew how proud I was of him and mm-hmm. the whole thing. And I remember telling him, I said, Dad, that is going over the fireplace in the shop. And, yeah. and, 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 and man, we just both cried and we high fives and and, and and it just let me know that, that hunting was far more, far more than the trophy. It, it was far more than anything because that had been, the outdoors had been what had got us through. That mm-hmm. had been what had got us through when we was missing mom or his wife or the hard times. You know, we, we got up together go we and went out and climbed a tree and tried to hunt a little old acorn tree in Georgia, and And it wasn't even about the kill. It was just about getting out there. And that was something him and I could do as a father-son that was bigger than baseball. It was bigger than football. Yeah. There's nothing that could have sealed our relationship as two men, really. Um, And so at that point, when he released that air and that elk fell dead, it was just a flood of emotions of really what it was about. It wasn't about how big something was. It wasn't about how much fanfare you could have. It it really just stripped it down to the roots. And I say that because if you've had a chance to watch Road Trips or Bone Collector, I've had a chance to go on some extreme, crazy, just unbelievable adventures. But that elk hunt to me on that mountain was, was probably one of the the most meaningful hunts I've ever
2: been on. You could read the breakfast menu at Sonic and I'd get emotional. Yeah.
7: <laughs> You're a good storyteller. Well, I am that emotional. <laughs> it depends on how hungry you are and how much money you got. <laughs> Do I want a
2: supersonic breakfast burrito or not? Well, we are talking about outdoor adventure stories on today's show. I got to get to a break. i uh, going to hear from Mark Zona. Zona's awesome fishing show. Going to be telling us about some fishing tales. Uh, Michael, would you mind coming back here in a little bit and uh, sharing another story with us? I
7: would
2: love to. All right. Don't go anywhere uh, make sure you check out michael waddell's bone collector every sunday night 10 30 p.m eastern time we want to say a big thank you oh that is on outdoor channel big thank you to outdoor channel nissan ruger high mountain seasonings and cabelas here is a quick word from mark mark zona is coming up next we'll return in just a minute
1: This outdoor insight is brought to you by Nissan. Alaska, Colorado, and Montana have already outlawed the use of drones in hunting, and New Mexico is the next state in line to take aim at the use of drones for hunting big game. While only three states have actual no-drone hunting laws on the books, sportsmen's groups are pushing to see that regulations are passed in every state to protect the concept of fair chase. These groups argue that the art of hunting should be based on skill and tradition and not technological advantages so you can get more news updates by following The Revolution on Twitter and you can catch up with us at twitter.com forward slash underscore OTN and we'll be right back
0: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter You can find us at Voice America TRN
5: Your internet flagship station for sports Sports. What are you supposed to do to a shooter buck? Shooter of Ted Nugent. The bacon has landed. The guitar shredding showman. I'm a happy, happy bow hunting guitar playing American Dreamer. Now brings the noise on Outdoor Channel. I'm like drunk on backstraps and mystical flights of the arrow. You called me Miracle Boy. Texas with a bow and arrow doesn't suck at all. Ted Nugent, Spirit of the Wild, Tuesday nights at 8.30 Eastern on Outdoor Channel.
1: Spirit of the Wild,
7: pure horsepower television, baby.
1: Colorado's Biggest Bucks and Bulls, a book for hunters. Www.coloradosbiggestbucksandbulls.com. Make all your hunting camp meals tasty treats when you bring along High Mountain Seasonings. High Mountain Seasonings is your one-stop shop for all that is delicious. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285.
6: Please begin.
1: This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav.
6: There are no rules. Mark Zona hosts Zona's awesome fishing show, and it is. It's the revolution with Jim and Trav, my college roommates, guys.
7: <laughs> Marcus
6: Demetrius, how you doing, big guy? I'm doing well. I feel like I nailed that intro. You yeah, oh, did. That yeah. was perfect, man. That, that was awesome. Thank you.
2: Thank you. You're known as Mr. One Take in a lot of things. We're going to the moon now. All right, so we are talking about outdoor adventure stories on today's show. Just before the break, Mr. Michael Waddell uh, talking about that amazing uh, elk trip. Uh, with his daddy. Yeah, that in was in cool. New Mexico, I think it was. Yeah, and he's going to be sticking around. He's coming up again uh, after uh, Mark Zona. But we want to mention Zona's awesome fishing show. Uh, check it out every Friday night. That is 8 p.m. Eastern time on Outdoor Channel. How about the Bassmasters as well for the following day? Uh, Saturday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Two great shows. Now, outdoor adventure stories. Obviously, I mean, you you get to hang out with the coolest people in the fishing industry and the hunting side. Uh, what is maybe perhaps one story... Or or instance that really just stands out the most to you, Mark.
6: I, I'll tell you, and this was actually not. <laughs> uh, we, we did not tape it, and I regret not taping it. Yeah. But we were taping a, a Zona show years ago with Tommy Sanders. Uh-huh. And yeah. we were on the Columbia River. Okay. And we were going for giant sturgeon. When I say giant 7 to 1,100-pound sturgeon.
4: Yeah,
5: like 12, 13 um, feet, which is, dang.
6: You know, I hate to say it. It's kind of commonplace there. Uh, um, oh, wow. They're just a gentle giant, and we hit, we hit the timing perfect. Knock the show off. You know, and the thing, the thing with catching a, a sturgeon that's 12 foot long is you got about two in the tank. And then you you don't you you really don't want to mess with a third one. <laughs> <laughs> Screw it, no. So, so Sanders, you know, Sanders, the host of the Bassmaster, he got his fill. I got my fill, and I thought, man, being this time of year, so I guess this this story's fitting. I, I thought, I I have to get my father here to see this. Uh-huh. Gotta get him here. Yeah. So we got done shooting the show, and I said, Dad, I said, I'm gonna get you on a plane. I'm gonna get you through O'Hare Airport. You you have to come and see the size of these sturgeon we're catching. No, I'm not, you know, I'm, 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 paying the garage. I said, no, 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 no. I said, <laughs> I'm going to get you a ticket and you need to get here. Yeah. And th- this is no joke. He said, well, how big are they? And I said, uh, oh, they're like 40 to 60 pounders. Not telling them they weighed legitimately. <laughs> this is not, I'm, I'm not overestimating this. They weighed seven to 700 pounds to a thousand pounds. Oh my gosh. Wow. Holy crap. And, and, and I remember this so distinctly. So we go out in the morning, and the and I feel so bad that we did not videotape this. But we go out in the morning, and we we throw out our you know we were using head and carp, just big cut bait, and yeah. And he says, "Man, that's an awful big reel you're using there for a fifty pounder." I said, "Oh, I said yeah, I said yeah, I, said, yeah. I like the to torque on him a little bit." He's like, "Oh yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it." So we're sitting there, we're sitting there, and oh boy, the the, the reel just starts. Tick, 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 And I started scrambling around the boat and blah, blah, blah. And I said, all right. I said, we're going to let him go for about 30 yards. And I said, now, listen, when I put the brakes on this reel, I said, you come back with everything you got. He said, I got it, man. <laughs> And I put a fighting belt around him, and he's kind of watching me. He's like, Mark, he's like, you know, I've, we're, we're, I've, I've been red fishing, man. I don't need a fighting belt for a, <laughs> you know. He said, worst case scenario, if it's 100 pounds. He said, I, I, I'm okay. that's said, no, we're going to. I said, this is a just-in-case move right here. <laughs> and he comes back on this thing. And, guys, I'm telling you. I am telling you, I felt my father's body leaving the boat, and you know he. But my dad's a big guy. I mean, he's like me, man. He's a Chicago Bears linebacker, bro. Oh man, Uh-oh. he starts coming back on it, and he's like, "I think I got one a little bigger than 100 pounds, Mark." <laughs> and I said, "I oh, you never know, and blah blah." And this thing jumps, and it is all of 12 foot long. Oh, oh man, jeez, really? And it has I- big around. I mean, it's as big around as a dinner table. Holy wow. crap. Wow. And he goes, he goes, I'm not kidding, guys. I got one bigger than y'all caught yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, long story short, um, it, what's funny is, it, you know, when you, I, I had not thought about that story in a long time till just telling it. Um, those are the, those are number one. Those are the reasons why we hunt and we fish because they're, They're memories that you know. Thirty years from now, um, gosh, money can't buy that. Yeah, you know. I, I, number one, thanks for, for having me tell that because it brought back a truly a great memory. Uh, there you go.
3: Hey, that was Mark
2: Zona. He does have Zona's Awesome Fishing Show. Yeah, on Outdoor uh, Channel. am not going to find a better man, better angler anywhere out there. Zona's Awesome Fishing Show, once again, uh, Friday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Outdoor Channel and the Bass Masters. That is Saturday nights, uh, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Mike Waddell is coming up next. Stick around for that. Here is a word from Mr. Paneri. Big thank you to Outdoor Channel, Nissan, Ruger, High Mountain Seas, seasonings and Cabela's. Mark, man, we greatly appreciate you, and thank you so much for coming on, man.
6: Crap, and do not be scared to send me some of those High Mountain seasonings. Don't be scared, bud. (laughs)
1: channel on invasive species. Minnesota researchers are hoping to control invasive Asian carp population by utilizing sound barriers. Professor Peter Sorensen of the University of Minnesota's Department of Fisheries, Wildlife and Conservation Biology wants to try some unorthodox methods for irritating the bighead carp and stemming their river advancement. He believes that acoustic barriers installed at locks and dams on the Mississippi River can be effective in repelling carp, which are known to have sensitive hearing. Well, don't miss a minute of this week's show or of weeks past. Listen to The Revolution at OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution, and you'll also find an extensive archive of Adventures of Dad and Me webisodes.
2: The opening kickoff is a beauty. There's a fly ball, deep
3: Shot. got it! With 2.8 seconds left. To left. I don't care where they put him. This
5: one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we <laughs> cover everything. Cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
6: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes
5: App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hunt adventures are meant to be fun. The Brotherhood of Bone Collectors. It's gonna be something else. We're gonna see some cool animals in some cool country. Here
6: we go! Wow, wow, here we go!
5: <laughs> I haven't even fired yet. Always enthralling. It's gonna be awesome. He's
6: coming. I mean, he's coming.
4: Get him, boy!
5: Always entertaining. No!
4: Get you... oh!
5: Beautiful lock, man. Wow. Michael Waddell's Bone Collector, Sunday nights at 10.30 Eastern on Outdoor Channel.
1: That is awesome, son. For LED flashlights with brighter, tighter beams that see farther and run longer, you want Extreme Beam, the passion to outperform. Go to www.extremebeam.com.
2: Looking for the ultimate cooking machine for your backyard or patio? Look no further than Camp Chef's new pellet grill and smoker. With user-friendly features like an auto-ignition, digital readouts, and internal meat temperature sensors, it's easy to smoke the tastiest salmon, ribs, brisket, and turkey you'll ever eat. And an innovative system makes cleanup a snap. Everyone will want the food you're cooking on your Camp Chef pellet grill and smoker. The quality smoker that's second to none. Find out more at CampChef.com. Camp Chef way to cook outdoors.
1: Colorado's Biggest Bucks and Bulls 3rd Edition features hundreds of detailed hunting stories and photos. Go to www.coloradosbiggestbucksandbulls.com today.
0: All right, listen up. Listen, my little friends. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav.
3: Hey, we're back. And if you're just joining us, well, I'll tell you what, you've missed a whole lot of show, but we got a
2: whole lot more coming. Yeah, we just heard from Mark Zona, and I do have to say is,
3: I don't love you
4: like I loved you oh yesterday. yesterday. No, Mark Zona, I don't love you like I loved you yesterday.
2: <laughs> no, I do. I love Mark Zona. He's my uh, boy toy? I don't know. <laughs> All right, we're talking about <laughs> we're not, outdoor. Don't even go there, Trev. <laughs> outdoor adventure stories on today's show. Uh, we did hear from Mark Zona, Zona's Awesome Fishing Show, before the break. Uh, this is our uh, part two, second installment, whatever you want to call it, with Michael Waddell. Uh, with Mr. Michael Waddell. Uh, earlier when we talked to you, uh, Michael, you were telling us about uh, your childhood, that amazing uh, elk trip with your dad, you took with your daddy. Uh, you said you had another story for us. Uh, uh, what is that, buddy?
7: It's funny, in my career, you know, earlier we were talking about hunting with my dad, and mm-hmm. kind of a quick follow-up, but, you know, giving back and having a chance to take some of the people in my family hunting that it meant so much to me growing up, had a chance this past year to take my 80-year-old uncle, who him and my dad always hunting. He got his first elk, but one, one adventure that kind of stands out, too, that happened just two years ago um, was a trip to Kansas where I shot my biggest whitetail buck ever with a bow, but the, the cool thing about that story is, is there's so many misconceptions out there as far as the way the public sometimes can watch the hunt shows. Yeah, um, a lot of people watch the hunting shows, and I don't even know how to say it any differentness. But you got so many haters out there that will watch, <laughs> and they're they're mad right off the bat that you, if you're killing an animal or are you being successful or? Yeah, and you get the old deal. Well, by God, why don't we come my house? I ain't mean, shoot one of my house, and he, yeah, I could do it if I did that. Well, there's a part of what they're saying is true because I'll be honest, is a you know, I used to get, I'd read Chuck Adams at my articles, and mm-hmm. I would love him, but then I'd want to strangle him at the same time. <laughs> I'm thinking, you lucky son of a gun. Here I, here I am, you know, going to school, or, yeah. or I would be doing heating and air work, working every day. It's like, how in the world can you afford these adventures? How can you go on these things? So, yeah. obviously, it takes a great amount of blessing to have the opportunity. And mm, every definitely. hunt is a blessing. But, but anyway, as you as you do the hunting shows, You know, you depend on a lot of different situations. Obviously, there's a lot of do-it-yourself hunts you can go, but most of it is a network of industry people Mm -hmm. and friends and different people you meet, even at hunting shows, at consumer shows. And you turn them into hunting adventures that you document for the TV shows. And in all those hunts, you end up knocking down some pretty good whitetails. You end up hunting some great areas. I mean, if you just go sit in a stand in Iowa, anywhere, there's a chance of a world-class deer coming by you. So. Obviously, every place you hunt, a trophy is relative to where you hunt them. Well, in that, and through my career and trying to make a living and pay the light bill and keep shoes on the youngins, I have always, just like most country boys, dreamed of owning a piece of property. And so it's been about five years ago, I finally bit the bullet, got over my anxiety with Mm -hmm. it, and basically bought 500 acres in Kansas. Did you really? I did. And 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 at the time, I didn't really have... The, the money to do it. I mean, money, land is expensive. Yeah, it and even is. though people watch the TV shows and they think that everybody's just rolling in the dough. The hunting industry, you can make a good living, but it's it, it, unless you make the right moves,
4: yeah,
7: and and own the right company. Obviously, it's not like you're a cajillionaire. Yeah. So just because you're on TV or radio doesn't mean that you're a millionaire. And um, so you anyway, know, with that said, I finally bought, bit the bullet, and I bought me a piece of land. That was the first time that it gave me the opportunity the true opportunity to have my piece of land to hunt it the way I wanted. Mm -hmm. I wasn't hunting a friend's piece of property. I wasn't hunting an outfitter's piece of property. Um, and I wasn't hunting public ground. And so for three years, I hunted this particular land and, uh, Well, I sell this one buck, and I caught him in there. He's about like a 160. Oh, wow. Pushing 160, mid-160s. Really nice deer. Yeah. He was three and a half years old. Well, wow. you know, I'm in the trophy deer management, but a 160 deer, I'm going to shoot (laughs) him. That's a big deer. I'm (laughs) going to knock him down. (laughs) He's going to the freezer. Yeah, the deer (laughs) kind of eluded me. And, uh, well, I kept hunting him. The next year I see this deer, same deer for sure, trail cameras. He's he's in the 170s. And I got some other good deer on the property. And he, he turns out to be in the 170s. All year long, he, he pretty much, he kicked my butt. I had I had him at 30 yards a couple times in the brush, couldn't get a shot.
4: Uh-huh.
7: That, that particular year I had it, there was also a deer in there that was a really wide 10-pointer. I ended up shooting that deer that year. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the most, it was also one of the cooler deer I'd ever shot because this deer had actually been tagged, had a radio collar on him. No way! Because my property had butted up to a 25,000-acre reserve, basically, that was owned by the, the government that allowed no hunting, and they, in turn, allowed Sterling College, which was a college in Kansas, to come in and do some deer studies and research. (laughs) And so they had basically darted several deer, and they'd put tags on it. Well, this deer had been, this deer was documented to be six and a half years old. Whoa. He He had been basically collared three years prior to me killing them. You know, the reserve over there, and I'm like, holy cow. So, that's wild. And hold, I get a shot and kill about 145, ft. inch deer. That's a nice deer. But it did, that wasn't actually the the deer that I wanted. I wanted this big 170 that I had my sight set on. Well, anyway, the next year rolled around, and I, I got in there, and this deer showed back up, started getting on trail camera pictures. And anyway, about four or five days into the hunt in November, I saw this deer, and he was out there with a the doe, and I couldn't get a shot. The next morning, I wanted to go back to the same stand. Well, the stand was basically dead wrong for the wind where I thought the deer would come from, and it just didn't work, and so I decided to pull off that stand, and I circle around on this piece of property, and I'm looking, and looking, and so the cameraman's like, here he comes, behind us, behind us. I mean, <laughs> we did even got up in the stand good. Uh-huh. I shimmy down this tree and look, and luckily the wind was blowing hard. Here's this buck pushing a doe right to my stand, Ooh. and as luck would have it, the deer ends up pushing the doe, push, jump the doe jumps fence, not even 15 yards, 17 yards from me, Ooh. and going out to this winter wheat field, mm-hmm. and this deer's right behind it. And anyway, I get a just an easy top pin, 17-yard shot at this deer, mm-hmm. and just pinwheeled him. They run over and fell dead, and Ooh. that again, the emotions of that, Yeah, I, I, I was so... I knew immediately when they were him it was the biggest I'd ever shot, and mm-hmm. I get over there and he end up ended up scoring right at one ninety two. Oh wow. my! Go one ninety two. Yeah, he was a Dang. big. He was he was like one ninety one and like six five and stuff. And but I, I learned just enough in school that you just round that. <laughs> ran up. You know what I mean? round that. He belt. was
2: two hundred is what he was. was.
7: <laughs> yeah, exactly two hundred. You know, one ninety five. up. <laughs> but anyway, so, so I was so happy about it, but yeah. it also. It also let me know that when you do own your piece of property, you have complete control over it. It doesn't mean that killing a big whitetail is easier. No. But it means the potential and the opportunity goes up greater. And it was kind of that dream come true. As I always had thought, like, man, if I could just ever own a piece of property, and I could ever do this, this, and this, I think I could accomplish this. And sure enough, I I did. And so for me, emotionally, it, it made the investment worthwhile it was just one of those things that where a plan had came together and two really it was more important than just that big deer I had a chance to sit there on my my tree stand and think man it, I was a proud redneck to know that I had ground that I Lord yeah. see, an opportunity to own a title to a piece of country in Kansas mm-hmm. to held great whitetail and so alright
2: hey we, we actually got to stop you right there buddy uh, we, we got to get to a break Uh, How about we'll finish it up right after that, man?
3: Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we can do it. Cool, man. All right, here's a word from Mark, and we'll conclude our interview with Mike Waddell
1: right after this. Here's another outdoor insight from Nissan. A commercial fisherman fishing for royal red shrimp in 2,000 feet of water made the catch of a lifetime when he reeled in a deep sea dweller known as a goblin shark. Goblin sharks are extremely rare in the Gulf of Mexico with only one other sighting ever being reported in 2002. Most of the documented sightings of these specimens have been found in the deep canyons near Japan and they are easily identifiable by their jaws which protrude greatly while eating. Now, after the show, make sure you sign up for our free e-newsletter where you can get a sneak peek at who will be appearing on the show. Also, take advantage of the opportunity to win free outdoor gear with our weekly free giveaway. And this can all be done by sending an email to radio at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: fabulous spa and hotel salon enjoy hawaiian hospitality at its best at the kaanapali beach hotel call 800-262-8450 or go to kbhmaui.com that's kbhmaui.com come with
0: me you're listening to the revolution with jim and trav now here are the boys
2: And we're back talking about outdoor adventure stories on today's show. This is our third installment uh, with Mr. Michael Waddell. Michael Waddell's Bone Collector. Got to check it out on Outdoor Channel. That is every Sunday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Michael, there, buddy? Yeah, this is Michael. All right, cool. Let's do this. Hey, to bring us up to speed, Michael, you talked
3: about getting a piece of property over by Cuivara. Uh, Cheyenne uh, Bottoms. Yeah, and you, uh, you did some management practices on the uh, property, and you shot your biggest buck out. Ever, of all the places you've ever hunted in North America, you shot your biggest buck ever, a 192.
7: Sounds like it's come full
3: circle for you.
7: Absolutely. And you know what else it, it helped teach me is because here's the thing. Jealousy Jealousy is rampant in any industry oh, yeah. or any situation in the workplace. And and as mad as I get at some of the, I call them social media gorillas, <laughs> man, they're 10 foot tall and bulletproof, as long as they can just <laughs> type on the t-board and tell you what they think of you know, on, on, on Facebook or whatever it is. But at the same time, I I can promise you and I can admit that I have had jealousy too. I've yeah. been jealous of people that I love like Bill Jordan. I mean, Bill Jordan has got a beautiful farm, y'all. I mean, you should see it. It's just unbelievable. And, and it's hard not to say, man, I wished I had something like that. Yeah. And, and obviously coveting is, I mean, that's a sin, but it's obviously a human nature. And so it, it hit me right between the eyes like, Michael, you should never be jealous. And, and, I, and it helped me learn to even be more proud of when people do accomplish their goals. And unfortunately, we live in a world that sometimes all you got to do to really make people angry at you is succeed. Mm-hmm, and that's yeah. very sad. And, and it's funny, you know, you guys now have got a, a very well produced and, and had it for years, but, but just the, the, the new things y'all do on Outdoor Channel, you kind of hit a different level of what you're doing with your show. And so as soon as you do that, you think people will be proud of you. And most are. There's always one or two. Well, you know, I had a better radio show than that guy (laughs) or something. And you always got some kind of hater around it or jealous person. So it made me realize after I had that piece of property is that. Man, never be a victim of something. If you want something, just go out there and, and work hard to get it. And we still live in a country you can do that, and there's no need to sit around. You just waste time when you become jealous. You waste time when you start hating on somebody. Go out there and, and get what you want, and I would have never in a million years, the day I started working at Bill Jordan with Bill Jordan at Realtree, mm-hmm. I would have never thought that I would have owned a piece of property. Now five hundred acres it in a huge piece of property by Kansas standards but to me it was huge. Yeah. I mean it's, it's like Camp David too to me. You know what I mean? So <laughs> anyway with that said I, I you know I, I I just part of my dreams, part of my goals and, and and it's helped me learn to or teach me to be very proud of people when they reach their goals. And that's that's what I want to do. I enjoy talking to people at these hunting shows I want to know what their dreams are, their goals. If it's to kill a pope and young buck or you know, I, I have people come and it's like, man, my goal I just want to kill a long beard turkey. And, and, man, if I can give them one little something to help them succeed in their goal, I'm not going to be mad when they accomplish them. I'm going to be proud of them. And, and some of my friends, that you know, they might want a bigger house. They might want a, a bigger deer. And so who am I to be jealous or hate on them if they accomplish that? And so, uh, anyway, that, 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 all those emotions, even though some of that didn't make sense to back to this big deer, all those emotions come to me when, when I shot this deer uh, of the proudness, of uh, the, the goals, the accomplishment. But it wasn't like a macho man thing. It was yeah. just a humbling, very blessed, thankful feeling. And I remember saying a prayer and thinking, man, thank you, Lord, for giving me these opportunities. And uh, and so it was just a, I don't know, it just, those times to me when you achieve the things that you really have set a goal for, it, it really is a place to where it, it can be the most humbling. It doesn't actually make you more cocky. It, it it makes you more humble. And and that's exactly what that did for me.
3: Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, uh, Trav, you don't know this, but Michael called me about two weeks ago, and he told me on that deer that had the radio collar on it, as he walked up there admiring the buck, he took the collar off and put it up to his
2: ear, and he heard, The Revolution with Jim and Trav. <laughs> Listen to the radio. <laughs> exactly. You, going back, I want to say one thing. Uh, I remember, it's been a couple years ago, I think I was a mule deer hunt. You did a stock on bow hunting, Eastern Colorado. That was yep. one of the the greatest moments that I remember standing out. And, and and you know when you watch it on television, you know it's pretty hard to summarize a hunt to happen in you know twenty four minutes of television. But I thought that was so incredible, you know, because that is like that never happens. Yeah, it was a tremendous it, mule. It mean, was amazing.
7: That that was a you know there's a whole behind the scenes to that too. I, that that deer. Was a two hundred inch deer, and I wow. saw that deer the day before out in this cornfield. was out in the corn stubble field, yeah. and that deer was out there. And me and the, me and my buddy who I was hunting with, we was like, we can't get to it. There's no way we can't kill that deer with a bow and arrow. We don't, it was flat. I mean, it wasn't even any roll, just flat, almost yeah. like. And so, uh, the next day we rode back out there, and I was looking at the deer, and I pulled my spot and scope out, <clears throat> and I said, "Dude, that's a two hundred inch deer."
4: Mm-hmm. And
7: um, and so anyway, I looked, I looked at the guy, you know, my buddy and, and, and the camera guy, and, and I said you know what? I said, we're crazy. I said, said, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's go get as close as we can and try to get some footage of that deer for the show. I said, I Mm -hmm. don't know if it's possible to get an air in. Yeah. Lo and behold, we kept creeping. We got out of the truck that morning at nine o'clock and at four thirty, I shot that, that deer. Wow. Crap. (laughs) So, so it's hard for all that to come across on TV. Yeah. And, uh, but, and I ended up shooting him at like, I think it's 61 yards. Jesus. Long shot. Yeah. and when I killed him, I couldn't believe it because I didn't, we never, I wanted to kill him, but uh-huh. it also That was another story that taught me a lesson. We honestly got out of that truck to try to get within a distance that his lens could make that deer <laughs> at least show up <laughs> and, to, and to show the deer some love on our show. That's yeah. what we were going to do. And then it would have been easy to say, hey, we couldn't get to him, but we at least got within 150 yards of him and look how, look what a beautiful deer. And, and and in that attempt to get that close, we ended up just slid right in there and killed the deer. So... Anyway, that's, anything's possible.
2: That's just wild. That never happens. All right, so people, to summarize, don't play or hate. Hunt every moment you can and make lots of babies. That's what I got <laughs> at this. That's
7: exactly right. That's exactly right. Well,
2: right. either or die trying. All right, so you got to check out Michael Waddell's <laughs> Bone Collector every Sunday night. That is 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time uh, with Mr. Uh, Nick Munn and uh, Travis T. Bone Turner. Now, where can we find you online, buddy? Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff, Mr. Michael.
7: Yeah, on Twitter, it's... Uh, my account is just at Booger Bottom, and then, uh, and then on Facebook is just Michael Waddell's Bone Collector, and then obviously you can go to any of our websites, bonecollector.com, or com. It's got the latest happenings of, you know, from where we'll be, what stores we're going to be hanging out in, or, or, or shows, or hunting shows, as well as our, really, we even put our hunting schedule on there, because we kind of want people to know where we're going and, and what time of year, because that's a commonly asked question, so uh a lot of information there so y'all check us out for sure you bet
2: hey that was Michael Waddell he has a bone collector on Outdoor Channel uh, Michael Waddell's bone collector again that is every Sunday night 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel gotta check it out big thank you to Outdoor Channel Nissan, Ruger High Mount Seasonings and Cabela's we have to get to a break here is a quick word from Mark take a listen to what he has to say Mr. Michael Man, we appreciate you coming on thank you so much buddy
7: Trav, Jim thank you guys man always a pleasure being on
1: Channel on management. A species of trout that decimated a native trout population in Yellowstone National Park is showing signs of decline. Non native lake trout were first discovered in Yellowstone Lake in 1994 after being illegally introduced to the 132 square mile body of water. Crews have since netted and removed about 1.4 million of the fish in hopes that cutthroat trout populations will rebound. However, it hasn't been without controversy as the netting costs about two million dollars annually and a full rebound of the cutthroat is uncertain. So interact with the revolution online by liking our Facebook page. Check it out at facebook.com forward slash adventures of dad and me.
5: The opening kickoff is a beauty. There's a fly
1: ball deep
2: right field
3: shot.
6: got it with 2.8 seconds left
5: to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
0: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America T-R-N.
1: See you on a with Jim and Trav.
0: Hey, we'd
3: like to thank our 430 affiliate stations or advertisers and everyone that makes the show possible. Like Miss Bunny,
2: Fun Joe, our producer Mark Padere and Frank the Sound Guy. Good outdoor adventure stories on today's show. Lots of them. Man, Mark Zona, Michael Waddell a little bit that you talk, Mrs. Bunny? Yeah. Your pants, though, they're pretty cool. They are amazing. <laughs> All right, so we want to say a special thank you to, to those people I just mentioned. Mark Zona, Michael Adele, Mrs. Bunny, also hey. to you guys for listening. Hey, speaking of uh, babies, uh, what's the new baby going to be called? Little boy named Elijah. I think named him Mijo. Mijo. Mijo, my son. Pretty cool. All right, so uh, God Are you. Spanish? you. She is. She ate uh, ate a burrito last night (laughs) Um, God bless you Get outdoors this week And your local news and weather is coming up next Peace out We'll talk next week
1: Has been a production of Outdoor Trails Radio Network. Copyright 2014, all rights reserved.